Welcome to another bonus podcast. My name is Thalia. I'm one of the pastors here at Northview, and I am joined today by Crystal and Greg. So Crystal, can you introduce yourself? Hello, I'm Crystal. I'm the pastor of women here at Northview, and we've been getting some flack lately because we haven't been as regular in doing podcasts. I <laughs> so I had a two re- weeks. I know, but we, don't be afraid. We will get back regular. We just had sickness and Christmas and conferences. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And Greg? I'm Greg. I'm a one of the pastors of discipleship with Kyle Meeker, and That's I it. think am I? I'm the most still the most frequented male guest. I think so. Mm-hmm. Love it. Yeah. We like you, Greg. Whenever, whenever, like another guy's on this, yeah, I get jealous. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fun. It's yeah. always fun being here. And Greg, you're looking forward to baby number two pretty soon. Oh yeah, so I we, know. Have, we have to grab you while you can. Next month, yeah, at some point, due date's late February, so. Be really ben was exciting. early. Okay. So we'll see if this baby's early or later, whatever. Mm-hmm. But. What's your plan once he or she is born? Are you have a certain amount of time you're taking off? Um, so I've given, I've kind of carved out of my like teaching schedule, like a month. Yeah. Um, like from February, I think my last teaching thing's February 14th. And then my next one's like March 15th or something like that. Nice. So yeah. we have her mom, Sarah's mom is going to be able to take some time off. My mom has spring break mm, right around there. I'm planning on taking about a week, but probably a few days, like full days, and then just yeah. try to stretch the rest of the week hours kind of yeah. over a longer stretch. Yeah. So one of the one of the benefits of working here yeah. is just how flexible totally. we can Absolutely. be. That is we like one of the like key things about this work spot. The, l- the longest leash I think you can imagine in yes. terms of like get your stuff done, but when that happens is like, Kind of your world's an oyster yeah. kind of situation. And so. a little bit where, because you can totally. sit your laptop in the living room at 11 o'clock at night if you want to, yep. or five o'clock in the morning if that suits you, or yep. you can be here or you can find a classroom in the building. Yeah. For, yeah. for Christmas, everyone, basically everyone in my life put money towards a, a nice set of wireless noise canceling Bose headphones. Nice. So the rationale was you're going to have to be able to carve out work time all kinds of times wherever of the day. you are yeah and you should be able to go to your laptop and turn your headphones on and nice pound out some work so yeah i mean i have no idea what to expect I no know. people who think they know what they're doing are crazy so yeah. we'll see what happens yeah looking forward to it well and your first experience with ben was probably so different than what this is going to be yeah it's funny so. we're uh like i actually i joke like i don't know how to raise a typical kid yeah like i know yeah. i kind of have we found a routine with ben at least at this age that he's at um, with, with the kid with some supportive care needs, but like a regular kid, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're that's scary. That's like a whole different world. I have no idea yeah. how to do. Like, they'll, we're probably going to be surprised if if uh, we're told it's a girl. So, assuming that it was right, that it's a girl, she may just like surprise us with how fast kids actually develop in some ways. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? You're so little. Don't crawl. <laughs> you have to wait till I'm you're ready like for two. That. <laughs> exactly. It's going to be great. That'll be fun. So we invited Greg today because Greg has done a lot of of time in the last few months on the topic of prayer. And it happens to be prayer week at the Abbotsford campus of Northview. Mm. So this week, Monday through Friday, it's Thursday today, but we've had prayer evenings every night. Mm -hmm. Monday was a missions focus. 
Tuesday was a focus on the ministries at Northview, and it happened to be an elder meeting. So, Crystal, just pop in there a little bit about something you yeah, noticed. Yeah, so... Um, on Tuesday, they had kind of prayer for all the ministries. So a lot of us pastors were there and, and pastors have been there throughout the week. But uh, we were there on Tuesday to ask for prayer for our specific ministry. But because the elder meeting was that day as well, all the elders came in the room. And for the first hour, as regular ministries were reporting on their ministries, the elders were situated kind of around the edges of the room. And whoever wanted to go pray with the elders kind of had an opportunity. So we had this murmur of elder prayer going around the room as everyone else was talking about their ministries. And it was just a beautiful thing. Um, Paul gave a little bit of teaching on why we have elder prayer every prayer meet or every elder meeting, why this is an important thing. The scripture in James, that talks about, you know, go to the elders for prayer, confess your sins and you'll be uh, healed and all these different pieces. And so there was only about four people that came to that meeting specifically for being prayed for with the elders. But when they saw all the elders there, I think there's probably 24 people that actually went to the elders and said, actually, can you pray for me? And can you anoint me with oil? And so it was just a really neat I think opportunity for the church as a whole to see that elder prayer in action and for the elders to feel like they could really invest in the people that came to talk to them Mm because they were in groups of like three or four and then, you know, really having a chance to converse with somebody and pray for them. So it was just, it was a really neat evening. Yeah. We do that every month. The elders Mm -hmm. do that. The fourth Tuesday of every month, right, Greg? Mm -hmm. About an hour and you can just notify the church and say, I'd like to be prayed for by the elders. And usually they divide up into groups, two or three groups. And there's usually a woman at each group. There's myself often and Crystal and Marilyn Campin and a few others. So that, you know, if women come, they're not totally overwhelmed by all these great men. But can be a little intimidating. But yeah. Yeah. So that was Tuesday. Wednesday was a youth and family focus. Mm. So that's kind of neat. I was there. Di- they had dinner served and then. Wow. Yeah. And then chicken Dwight. Strips. Yeah. <laughs> Good old chicken strips fries. and fries. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, then Dwight and Ron and Dan Sparrow led them through different prayer things as families and as kids. So yeah. Okay. Tonight, Thursday night, will be a focus on uh, local government and local leaders. And they did that last year too, so that'll be good. I'm going mm-hmm. tonight. And then Friday is prayers for the persecuted church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's prayer week. And so we thought, well, we would line our podcast with prayer. So because prayer is really not a common topic here at church, <laughs> I thought I would give these guys a chance to have some warm-up questions. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to get into the topic of listening prayer, which Greg did a lot of work on this fall. Mm-hmm. So warm-up questions, you guys. First of all, what is prayer? We have some new Christians to our church who may not know what is prayer. So let's talk about that briefly. I would say the simplest definition would be prayer is speaking with God. Um, prayer is something we do. We're the, we are the people who do the activity of praying and God is the one who mm-hmm. listens to our prayers. <clears throat> so prayer is, is a, it's, it's kind of a simple, all-encompassing definition. Yep. It's kind of mandated or taught by God as kind of the way that we engage with him. Mm. Yeah. And there's different forms of it that we can talk about, like different ways to, to go about prayer and different ideas for how to do it. But yeah, it's that idea of kind of as a child approaching your father mm-hmm. and debriefing about your day, um, asking for things, asking for yeah. guidance, for wisdom, for actual answers to mm. life issues. Yeah, It's that idea of being in that conversation. I think of it as like a... Yeah, kid coming home from school, putting down their backpack and talking yeah. to their heavenly father about, about what's going on. Yeah. People come to meet with me and they are wondering if you can pray in your mind only, like silently. Can you pray out loud? I'm like, yes, both. 
Can you pray while you walk, while you drive, mm. while you do dishes? Yes. Can you pray in your chair and have a set time for prayer? Yeah. But you think of the closest people in your life. And if you say, well, I'll only talk with you from 8 to 8.15 in the morning, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's probably not going to be the most effective way to have a great relationship. So the best people in your life, you try to talk to all the time. You text them, you email them, you mm-hmm. phone them, you go for coffee, you spend mm-hmm. extended time or short bits of time. So that's kind of how we want to think of prayer with our Heavenly Father, that it's all the time in little bits and forms all day long, running conversation with Him in your head or out loud. Mm. Yeah, and I think it's good to have some set times just so Mm -hmm. that you focus on, you know, actually being more intentional because we can just have those little bits, but we don't actually focus on some of the big, how, what can we praise God for and confess and Mm. how do we need to intercede for other people? So I think it's not a bad idea. No, it's a good idea. Mm -hmm. But to also realize it doesn't have to be limited to those set times. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So who do we pray to is the next common question when people ask me. So when you look at scripture, um, the models in prayer, like if you look at the Lord's Prayer, which Jeff's just been preaching through the last few weeks, or you look at um, a lot of the epistles, like the New Testament letters where Paul wrote to the churches and stuff, there's kind of patterns that you see over and over again. And the prayer um, is like you're addressing God the Father. When you think of the when you think of God, we think of three persons in one. So we have God the Father, the Son, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. And so the the idea or the kind of the model that we see in scripture is praying our prayer to God, the father, but in the, in, as we're doing that, we're doing it um, through the relationship that we have because of Christ, like Jesus death and resurrection on the cross actually gave us that relationship or that right to approach mm-hmm. God because mm-hmm. now we're in that relationship. We've been adopted by God. So we're thinking we're, we're praying through because of that relationship with Christ. And then in the power of the spirit, it's the Holy spirit that makes spiritual things understandable to us. Mm-hmm. We read in first Corinthians two, as you're going through that in their study this year, that the unspiritual man doesn't understand spiritual things, but the person with the spirit can understand spiritual things. So we want to keep those three members of the Trinity in mind. They mm-hmm. all impact prayer, but our prayers are, are generally the model is to prayer to the, to God, the father, and just recognizing that we're approaching him through the blood of Jesus Christ and with, through the power and in the power of the mm-hmm. Holy spirit that all those three kind of components yeah. of the Trinity are working, the three persons of the Trinity are working together in our mm-hmm. prayers. Mm. And that one, the sermon that you talked about, Greg, was talking about the Holy Spirit um, actually forming our prayers and shaping our prayers and kind of interpreting mm. our prayers to God the mm. Father or yeah. kind of bringing our prayers in line with what God's will is. And so all members of the Trinity are involved mm. in a prayer life. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I've heard uh, people some theologians talk about prayer um, and they're, they, they caution against like being heavy handed in correcting people when they're praying, Yeah, you know, when you're in a group setting and, and they interchange, you know, father, Jesus, spirit, and they just use them all interchangeably. Like they're all just synonyms kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, the, the guy I'm thinking in particular of it, Fred Sanders, when he's talked about this, he said, you know, don't, don't like, we can correct people gently that typically our prayer is to the father yep. through the son empowered by the spirit. But he said, it's okay. It's better for them to be praying yeah. than for them to get the theology right and, and not pray. Yeah, and this right. is one of the, the <clears throat> kind of the Puritan main ideas of the Puritans was, you know, if you're going to err on one side between theology and, and, choosing to separate time from your schedule to have a relationship with God. They said, 
air towards the relationship right, piece. Because yeah. we're not going to always get every information piece right. right. Yeah. right. And if we wait until we do to approach God, then we're... Yeah. And, and people who are listening to this, that, that might not sound crazy to you, but it should because Puritans were like really, really concerned about doctrine. Yeah. So to have, have a Puritan slogan be like, you know, it's good to think well, but that shouldn't come at the expense of our time with with the Lord in prayer is is a helpful, I think, corrective for some. I think in our context, a lot of parents teach their kids to pray, Dear Jesus, mm-hmm. right? And it's not wrong. It's not wrong. No. no. And it's a good way for kids to understand, to start to understand who yep. Jesus is and have that relationship with him. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what are some hindrances to effective prayer? Maybe Greg, you can start on this one. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll confess in that, like, I, I don't, I don't particularly, I, I don't think I'm a great model in a, in a really robust prayer life. I mean, I give it a go, but I mean, I've, I know of people in our church who are just like the warrior warriors types. in yeah. prayer and they always, it's always encouraging. So I think one of the hindrances for me is just, uh, I don't, I don't actually prioritize it mm. in, in my life. I'm a guy who is, I'm, I'm a bit of an organizational freak and a bit of a scheduling yep, Nazi in terms of my <laughs> life and living by my Google calendar mm-hmm. and setting things up. And, and I too infrequently put time in for prayer. Um, I assume it'll be something that comes throughout my day, which it, it does, but it, I won't do it unless it's on my calendar yeah. to do it. And so, so it's just not your natural, your first natural way. No. Yeah. No, it like, Prayer in, in a lot of ways is one of the last things I, I turn to. Yeah. I'll turn to talking to friends or studying the scriptures or all kinds of things before I'll, I'll actually just come to the Lord and say, I, I need you to help me in this. I think that's really important to recognize because we all have different strengths, even spiritual strengths. Mm-hmm. So my sister, her first <laughs> bent is prayer. Her last bent would be study. Mine's the opposite. First, like you, first bent is study and reading. And then it's like, oh, I need to pray. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it, it has become something more in my life as I've worked on it. But mm. I think sometimes it's much more natural for some people than for others. But it doesn't mean we're, we, get, we have um, an out. We don't have an no, excuse. No, no. We have to be in prayer, learning about prayer, pursuing prayer, but knowing that, yeah, for us, some of us, it isn't the most natural thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think people get sidetracked by um, their minds going all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> like they'll sit down to pray and then they can't concentrate. Um, for me, what helps is having like a list or something beside me to keep me on yeah. track, um, to put my phone in another room, to like do a few mm. things so that I make sure I concentrate or actually to write out my prayers. Yeah. Um, I find it easier to concentrate as I'm writing and to think as I'm writing. Um, other people, I think, just get stuck because they don't know what to pray. And so yeah. they'll pray the same thing over and over and over again, the same words. And it's not like it's wrong or sinful, but they're feeling like it's not progressing anywhere or I'm not actually developing my prayer life. And so what I've suggested for people like that is to just take every, like read a passage of scripture and turn that into a prayer mm-hmm. so that you're always, your prayer is constantly being shaped by what yeah. the Bible has, says. And so mm-hmm. if there's something that you read, Ask yourself, like, what can I praise God for based on this text? Like, what what in here sh- does it teach me about who God is? And what can I, 
you know, give thanks to him for about that. Yeah. And, and what might, where is it poking me? Like where is the Bible is supposed to correct and rebuke us? So where is it exposing areas of my life that I need to confess that, oh, maybe I need to change this or rethink about this or Lord, I'm not doing what the scripture is telling me, yeah. help me. And then what can you thank God for based on it? So yep. the scripture is telling you to stand firm and whatever, just pray that God would help you stand firm. And you know exactly in your life what situations you need to stand firm in. So the Holy Spirit's going to apply mm-hmm. that basic general principle of stand firm. He's going to apply it to actually, you need to stand firm in your classroom, you know, as you're whatever, interacting with your friends mm-hmm. or there might be, everyone's going to have a different area. So ask God to kind of just guide you in that. But I think... If you just turn scripture itself into prayers like that, you don't get stuck in that rut of just saying the same thing over and over and over again. And it also expands your idea of who God is and who you are. It reveals yourself and what you can ask him for. Yeah. Expands your picture of prayer. When people come to meet with me, a huge hindrance in prayer is sin, of course. Yeah. And I know that, for example, if Mark and I are in a bad place and we're not in a good relationship, I don't want to look at him. I don't want to talk to him. I don't want to touch him. I don't want to go near him. And it's like that with our Heavenly Father. When we know that we are in the wrong and we are struggling with, I don't want to give up that. I don't want to say sorry for that. We don't want to then look at God, talk to God. We don't want to be near God. We don't want to worship God. Because we don't want it to be revealed. But when we submit and we say, okay, Lord, I'm so sorry. I've been wrong. My attitude has been wrong. My heart's been wrong. My actions have been wrong. Please forgive me and help me. Mm. Then all of a sudden we can look at God, worship God, pray, study scripture better. I can't even study scripture well if I'm not in a good relationship with God. So I would say clear up, keep short records with God every hour if need be, every day for sure, so that you can continue to grow in prayer and study and all the things that Mm. we want to do. Yeah, I also think one of the things I've been trying to do more of is just even asking God to give me the desire to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. To, yeah. to be that motivating because I, my, I know my natural bent is to not be motivated in that yeah. direction. And so that means I need a miracle. I need God to intervene. Well, and I think that's true for scripture. Be, when God has commanded us to do something, yeah. then I think we have the right. I know we have the right then to ask him, Lord, help me. Yeah. By the power of your, by the Holy Spirit, help yeah. me to pray, help me to study, help me to read, help me to be at church, help mm-hmm. me to be mm-hmm. with other Christians. Like I think then we have a right to really sort mm-hmm. of demand it in a way. So I can't do it on my own. Totally. Yeah, and this is in a, in a similar, another illustration of that is like my, my wife and I have been in part of a community group for a few years now. And my, my natural bent is to not spend more time with people. Yeah. Like every time I'm like, I don't want to actually do this. Yeah. I love the people in our group. I really do. But every time it's about to come up, I'm like, I don't want to. And we regularly have to ask, <laughs> Lord, like, just give us the desire. And then it happens. And it was like amazing yeah. and really good and helpful and a joy and all kinds of things. But but sometimes only an hour in. But I didn't want to. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, no. and we host a lot of the time. <laughs> so I, like, oh, I, can't, I can't get away you from can't it. can't like but, bar the door. <laughs> but yeah, I think you're right, right? Like, asking God to actually give us that motivating, that, mm-hmm. that engine so that we can do the things that he's called us to do for sure. Oh, and yeah. it's good for us, life right? Changing. And then, and oh, then we yeah. do it and it actually, we think to ourselves, man, I don't know why I didn't want to do that because that was amazing. That time in prayer, that time with the community group or that going to church, like that, that was really beneficial and then the next day comes in. Oh, I've said that to women's ministry people all the time. And I think that's my middle name. Because they think that I don't want only, to, I don't yeah. want to, I don't, like Saturdays, I'm here at church. That's my thing. Yeah. Well, I don't want to get yeah. to three o'clock and <laughs> I'm tired. I don't want to totally. every Saturday. And it's, I, I know it's a spiritual battle because, right, we yeah. don't want to pray. We don't want to study. We don't want to do the things we should. Yeah. 
So, yeah. One thing God's been really convicting me of lately is that, you know, there's been certain things that I'm kind of a, not a critical thinker necessarily being judgmental, but I'm always kind of trying to problem solve and how can we do things better? And, and I, mm. and I always want to jump in with my ideas and my ideas aren't always heard. And then I get frustrated. And so, <laughs> but God's been really just pressing on my heart, like just pray about these things. Like you don't have to solve them all. You, you, maybe you see them, you see yeah. these issues that need to be changed or you see things that need to happen, but instead of stewing about it, like just really bring it before me in prayer and let me do something about it. Uh, yeah. And it's mm. been just really encouraging for me to see God answer a lot of things that people wouldn't even know I've been praying for, but because I've actually just, instead of grumbling about it, Ooh, a secret agenda. It. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you guys with the men's Bible study. That's right. Whoa, we were got in it. the corner, you like rubbing our hands. Yeah. <laughs> Enough bullying months and Months upon months of, what do, what do you think about this idea? <laughs> it would be really good, Greg. And it is really good. <laughs> and, it's, and finally the Lord moved our Your stubbornness and, yeah. it was, and it's going fantastic. The stars aligned <laughs> totally. and we got our way. Totally. <laughs> Okay, so resources quickly. One of the simple, basic resources is gotquestions.org. And you can plug in prayer and all kinds of questions about prayer, and they have great scriptural answers. Mm. Timothy Keller has a book on prayer that is one of my absolute favorites. Mm -hmm. What are some other resources that you have for prayer? I think... Like Paul asked for a bunch and they were going to put them on the website in conjunction with the sermon series. Oh, okay. So they actually might be there okay. often under resources. Are you going to check Greg oh, to see if they're there? Yeah. Because we gave him a whole list of books. Nice. I did mm-hmm. um, that were from our prayer retreat last year that we, so yeah, Tim Keller's book, Donald Whitney has a bunch of really good books on spiritual disciplines and he has one on praying the Psalms. And mm. um, I just gave actually to all my kids and to one of my friends, I gave Tim Keller's uh, book called the Songs of Jesus. And it goes through the whole 150 Psalms over I a year. I didn't get that from you. No, I know. What happened? Yeah. I'm not on your Sorry. list of friends. Yeah. Oh. This is awkward. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but anyways. You probably didn't get it either, I didn't Greg. Get one either. Oh, oh man. Good. Okay. I'll never and say. And you sit like a few feet from her. Like, what is that? It's fine. It should be like an Familiarity arena. breeds contempt. The Songs of Jesus is a good book. I'm she not going to get into herself. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Uh, there is a bunch of resources, online books, books you can purchase, some some websites, blogs. So if you go to our website and uh, northview.org. northview.org, and then you find the top bar, click northview.org, go to the Abbotsford campus, and then there's a top bar where it says media. Go over to the messages to the Let's Pray section. Oh my goodness. This is all and then it's right there. Right. Or just go to northview.org backslash let's hyphen pray. Okay. And I'll get you there. there you let's go. hyphen pray. Okay. Don't oh. spell hyphen. No, just <laughs> dash. put a hyphen. Like put in a, da- dash. a dash a hyphen. <laughs> the first time we started getting um, like email addresses, Mark put on his business card. Well, he wanted it to be like Mark Swatsky dot whatever. And they spelled it dot D-O-T com. (laughs) Killed us. It was so funny because it was so new at the time. People didn't know what the dot com. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. A little sidebar. (laughs) Okay, Greg. Now this fall, you spent a lot of time Mm. researching listening prayer. And so people will be confused as to, well, of course we listen to God in prayer. What do you mean by listening prayer? So can you just kind of talk us through what you did this fall? And it's basically free reign to talk. Well, yeah. And this is something that we've all kind of spent time on. uh, Well, you and Crystal a lot. Yeah. I just attended (laughs) and read all your stuff. Yeah. So we, um, in November, uh, a guy named Steve Clausen and I did a, a conversation, a public conversation where we presented two views on what it means to hear from God. 
Um, and so that's, that's the thing that I, I worked on um, the most. It, it was about prayer, but only kind of um, somewhat related in the way that there are, um, there are movements of people who would say that in, in our prayer times, we should expect to hear God speaking to us. So mm-hmm. for some people like prayer journaling is, is writing out our prayers, mm-hmm. things we, we want to be speaking to God, our requests, our praises, our mm-hmm. all kinds of things. For other people, when they say prayer journaling, what they mean is the thoughts that come into their head while they're praying. And those are God uh, speaking, God speaking to them. So yeah, that's what they would say. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. In, in maybe not so many words, but essentially yeah. that's, that's what they mean. Yeah. God communicating with them. So one of, one of the things that I, I, I don't actually think that prayer is two way communication. I think prayer is one way communication. Okay. I think God, God does speak to us, um, in different ways. And I think that's, that's a good conversation to have. But I think when it comes to prayer, I think something that's muddied the water is we've, we've inserted it's when we pray, we are talking with our heavenly father. And then we bring in the imagery of our everyday life conversations with people. And then we import that everyday image back into prayer Mm -hmm. and say, therefore it's a two way conversation. Whereas I don't actually think that's the way the scriptures present prayer. I think prayer is our talking with God and maybe more specifically our talking to God. Okay. Um, but God does, I think, speak to us in different ways. I think he prompts us by his spirit as mm-hmm. we're going through situations. I think for some, they have a gift of, of receiving more specific revelations from him that aren't, they're not on the same equal level as scripture, but they're, they're helpful words for the community. And then obviously we have the sufficiency of scripture. We have everything we need in the scriptures of what we need to hear from God for a relationship with him. Um, and the spirit will use the scriptures in our lives and, and will apply it and will uh, cause us to love it and want to accept it. So so when it comes to listening prayer, a guy like Steve Clausen, he wouldn't use that phrase. Um, he would say, no, God, God will interrupt us, but he'll interrupt all of us, and all of us should expect to hear that. I'm I'm less certain that's the way the scriptures talk about us hearing from God, but but where Steve and I would agree is in the language of listening prayer. We don't think it's helpful. Um, the idea of of turning prayer into this, okay, I'm ready now, speak to me. Moment. Um, we don't really have any biblical justification for it, it's it, it's. We don't like talking about this way, but I've heard Ezra talk about it like it's just it's a it's a white peg in practice this idea of sitting in silence and expecting God to speak he said people in Africa do similar things but they just do it by dancing around a fire and they expect that by them doing that activity God will show up and speak to them and he said no there, there's nothing in scripture that tells us you should dance around a fire and God will speak there's nothing that tells us that you should sit in solitude and God will speak so that's um, the listening prayer movement let's just clarify mm-hmm. the listening prayer movement would say sit in silence empty your mind and have wait for God to give you a word or a picture or an image or a something, right? Can you clarify that a little bit? Yeah. So the idea that, that God is always speaking to us 
outside of the scriptures. Yeah. And all we need to do is tune in okay. to what he is already wanting to communicate to us. So okay. guys like Brad Jerzak make this case in their books. Um, a guy like John Eldridge. Yeah. There's a lady named Leanne Payne, who's actually the only person I've seen in all of my research on this, who's actually used the term listening prayer. Um, other people refer to her work, but she she was in some ways kind of the pioneer in the the last however many decades of actually talking about set aside time. God, God wants to always be communicating with you outside of your time reading the scriptures. Mm-hmm. Um, to some extent now, it, it's a little bit like the Jesus calling stuff yeah. um, where Sarah Young, essentially, this is, this is a, the process she described where she sat down and she was s- silent and expecting Jesus to speak to her and, she, and he did. And then she would record those words Um Allegedly, and then allegedly sell them and did, yeah, and put them in the book. Yeah, and then it's a devotional guide of, <laughs> yeah. of Jesus telling you truths. And so, why would you say that's an area to be cautious or a danger area? Yeah. So, first of all, I I want to say that like God can be God. And yeah, he can do whatever he wants. So I'm not. This isn't me trying to put a leash on God at all. What I'm trying to do is say I think the scripture we go beyond what the scripture promises us, and I think. When we become, when we turn um, a practice like that into our functional bread and butter Christian life, which is, from how I've seen it, what usually takes place, um, people will will turn this into like the way they engage with with the Lord in prayer is by primarily sitting in silence, waiting for Him to speak into situations. Okay. I think, I, I think you are um, the the danger is we're assuming that God is going to deliver on something that he's never promised he would. Um, I think we're also assuming that just because we hear something positive that makes us feel warm, that that means it's from the Lord. Yeah. Um, I think that an impulse to do this is, is usually accompanied by a reluctance to spend time in the word and mm-hmm. studying the word, not always, but usually. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, there's just a lot of, you know, like dark orange flags that's mm-hmm. looking close to red <laughs> about it, where it's not, it's not, not everyone who does it, does it in a way that that's completely unhealthy. I just think it's, I don't think we have any legitimate reasons to do it scripturally. And I think that it, it gives us a false understanding of how God intends to relate with us. Yeah. One of so the, when co- you look at, go ahead, sorry, when you look at like pastorally, cause we see people like a couple months after they've been doing this kind of thing or whatever. And so some of the results we have are people, first of all, who have been promised that it's just their fault. They're not receiving the right mm-hmm. messages from God. They're not right. tuning in. Right. Mm-hmm. And so people will sit there and they'll feel defeated and horrible. And that they're a horrible Christian because they're not actually hearing things. They're not seeing images. They're not, or mm-hmm. else they'll fake it. <laughs> like I've been in meetings where people said, well, I kind of faked what I said because there's all this pressure to say, what do you see? Mm-hmm. And what do you hear? And I mean, that's a, it's like becomes this pressure thing. Yeah. Like I, I'm not a good Christian if I don't. So that's one of the kind of pastoral implications. The mm-hmm. other is like you said, um, if people do this and they're really have a great scriptural knowledge and a great biblical background, and they have a real commitment to like all of God's moral teachings, it maybe isn't as dangerous, but a lot of people don't know the Bible. They don't know who God is. They don't know what his priorities are. And so they think whatever thought they come into their head, because they're in a posture of prayer, that must be from God. Well, we've heard people say all kinds of things that are Mm -hmm. not at all in line with what the scriptures say about who God is Mm -hmm. in terms of his personality and about how they should live their life. Like God told me I should divorce this person or God told me I should be with this other guy or like all these things. And and they feel at peace with it. Yeah. And they use 
use it then, they feel like it's such an important um, experience that has just been so meaningful for them that they just have to act on it. And it's not at all in line with what the teaching is. And so they hold on to that so tightly as that God yeah. gave them this direction. And I've seen mm-hmm. situations where women or have used it kind of like as a trump card in their marriage. Well, God told me this. And then mm-hmm. what can your husband say about it? Like if mm-hmm. you're saying, like it's almost a manipulation tool it can be used as. So mm-hmm. I think the, the, the concern we have is just that how it can be used badly, yeah. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Is, is the main thing. Yeah. And then it's not taught specifically in scripture. Yeah. And another concern I would have is the sort of the whoosh experience. Yeah. People aren't wanting to do the, what seems like sort of the boring, dry mm. work of reading scripture, studying scripture, listening to scripture, being at church, hearing good messages, because that's actually hard work. Instead, we would really rather sit and we'd rather have an image or a vision or a word. And that feels like a whoosh experience. And then we feel like we're on a high mm. and we keep doing that. And that's more exciting. And when we operate on those, that gets, that gets me worried because our imaginations are very powerful and we can come up with all kinds of words and images and pictures. And yet they don't align with scripture always. Yeah. And you don't know if they align with scripture if you're not in scripture. Mm. Yeah. And that scares me because that can just lead us in all kinds of wrong directions. Yeah. yeah. I, I think we've also, part of the reason that I think this happens so frequently is we live in such a hyper individualized yeah. context where hearing from God has to happen during my solitude time. Yeah. Which I think my big issue with the listening prayer movement is essentially, I think it just, it misrepresents the gifts of the spirit. Mm -hmm. Like, I think, I think that's probably the biggest thing that I've been coming to the conclusion of it is that like, I I do think that God will, will speak and guide people outside of the scriptures in accordance with the scriptures, but outside of them. I, I think that's how he's designed the local church to work, but he's designed it to be, through to encourage us through other people. So we, we, I think we've misused a gift that some people will receive, maybe even many people will receive, right? Joel two says that your many of your sons and daughters and your old men and young men will have dreams and visions and these kind. like, maybe it's a really widely distributed gift, but it, that doesn't mean it's the experience of every single person necessarily as, as believers. And when we individualize it, we, we, <coughs> we lose the real benefit of it, which is the building up of others. And I think it comes, this whole conversation only fits in a, in a Christian context where growth means the sponge gets bigger, Hmm. right? Like we, the sponge keeps gaining spirituality and Mm -hmm. then the sponge just keeps expanding, expanding. And that's what we mean by growth. Whereas I think Christian growth is a, it's a conduit. It's a, it's a tunnel that the Lord works through and maybe the tunnel grows as the water flows through or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you want to change the image, but but we don't think of the reason why I'm I have gifts is for the benefit of the other. Right. Like that's why I'm I'm gifted in certain ways. That's why you are gifted in certain ways is not for your growth, but for the growth of others. Right. And and when you have that kind right. of a, a, a local church, a high view of the local church, a high view of God uh, knowing that we need other people to build us up, I, I just don't think the listening prayer method would be attractive. One, because nowhere in the scriptures are we told that we should be doing this. No, nowhere in scripture are we told that prayer is something that is two-way communication. We have all kinds of people receiving words from the Lord, yeah. but but they're, they're for others. Like they're, they're for the benefit of other people. And 
Secondly, to, to that extent, not every time a, a scene is described in the Bible, does that mean it's prescribed for us moving forward? The fact that Elijah received words from the Lord as a prophet doesn't mean I'm Elijah. Right. And I should expect mm-hmm. that. Or so I, I just, I, I think because we're such individuals yeah. in our spiritual walk and we don't actually think that we need other Christians, yeah. then it, this is just makes the soil really um, right. fertile yeah. for this kind of a practice to take off. One thing we also forget is that when we read scripture, people like Elijah, they aren't experiencing these moments every hour of every day. No, maybe three times it, in their maybe life. Maybe over yeah. a lifetime, a few times. And they're usually interrupted. Yeah. Like they're they're almost always yeah. being interrupted during the course of their normal life. Yeah. Like of, Paul is yeah. going ahead and being obedient to Christ yep. and teaching. And going to the next yeah, town. Going to the next town. And then as the Holy Spirit interrupts him, then he changes course as yep. needed. And we, we forget that we're not um, entitled to an every hour of every yep. day word from the Lord. Yep. He is able to do that. Absolutely. But he also gives yeah. us minds and wisdom and yeah, he gives and, us his word to show mm-hmm. us his will for how we should act. Yeah. yeah. So it's not a surprise. It's not a secret. We don't have to say, oh, how should I act in this situation? Well, God says this is, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's so many parameters that he gives us for how we can be godly people. Right. Mm-hmm. So the other thing you said about the individualism is I think um, because we have this mindset that it's just for us, nobody can speak into it. Nobody can correct it. Yeah. Nobody can discern whether it's from God or not. Whereas the scriptures specifically say like in First Thessalonians, like test the spirits, don't quench the spirit, but test the spirits. Mm-hmm. And so I think if we saw everybody that did listening prayer come with that attitude of humility and like, mm-hmm. I really don't know, let's test this together. That mm-hmm. would be a different thing too. But I think that what we've experienced is that people come with their hands clenched over something and they're not letting it go and nobody right. yeah. better dare talk about it. Right. Or, or just me, say God that God called yeah. me to, totally. yeah. then you can't argue. No. Are you going to argue with that? Yeah. And, and like you said, even the testing process is so individualized. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Like we te- sure. Yeah. I tested it against scripture. Well, really, you know, you know, all of the scriptures relevant to that situation in which to test it. I doubt it. A better shot would be asking a wide community of people who mm-hmm. have been in the word for their lives to say, I think I heard this from the Lord. What do you think? Do you think yeah. that accords with scripture? You have a better shot. Of, of testing it against scripture when you include others because no one's a Rolodex. Yeah. Like no no one is a, is a single yeah. like library full of every passage that relates to these individual words yeah. that we get. But for whatever reason, we're like, no, no, I can test against scripture. Yeah. And then that community of believers would also test it against who they know you to be. Yeah. They know your circumstances, your finances, your, your marriage, your yeah. character, your family. And they mm-hmm. would say, you know, it fits with scripture, yes but it doesn't quite fit with you and your circumstances right now. Maybe we need to wait. Mm. But if you're holding too tightly to that word or that image, then you don't heed the voice of the community. Yeah, we see the image of like Paul and Barnabas being sent out on a missionary journey. And it says, you know, the Holy Spirit kind of made it known to them, but it wasn't just them. It was like the whole church community affirmed. These are the guys. They have the training, they have the teaching, they have obviously God's anointing on them. Let's come behind them as a church of Mm -hmm. the Antioch church and we'll send them out. Like it was just a beautiful picture of the whole church feeling the move of the spirit that this is exactly the direction God wants us to go. So it wasn't just Paul saying, oh, God's told me this is what I have to do. He's been, yeah, brought along by the community. Yeah. Yeah. And I do think for those People, are we you going to wrap up? Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to have to do part Sorry. two. I think we're going to call you back, Greg. You can well, be- yeah, why don't we, let's do a part two sometime on on how God speaks yeah. and how God, maybe better yet, how God guides. Okay. Because I think 
I think that's where people... The whole question of God's will we, and we how do we it, know it. Yeah. We put it under prayer, but what people really want to know is how will God guide me in my life? Mm-hmm. In, in what ways can I expect God to guide me? And I think they import that whole thing into prayer. But what, I, what I'm saying, uh, what I'm proposing to all of you listeners and you guys here, is that prayer is what we do when we speak to God. That, that's what prayer is. Prayer is not a two-way conversation. Prayer is us responding to how God's revealed himself to us in scripture. And prayer is us talking to God. That's the way the scriptures talk about prayer. But the scriptures also talk about how God will guide us mm-hmm. and work in our lives and relate with us. And that's probably another podcast. I'm going to write that yeah. down so we don't forget. <laughs> and we're going to book you for another time. But you had some thoughts to wrap up. Did you? Do I? Did you? No. <laughs> oh, no. Now the pressure's on. You were going to say something and then we interrupted you with the time. No, clock. that was it. It was okay. basically going to be another podcast worth of material. On, <laughs> you on just want to keep your thing. numbers up on the podcast. No, like, yeah, for you're, sure. You're t- we can do <laughs> it now, but the, I think you're, you want your podcast shorter than, mm-hmm. than longer. Yeah, we're already at 40 minutes. Are so. we? Yes. <laughs> wow. Time flies when... I hear my voice. Okay, listeners, so don't panic. We will have Greg again. We will talk about how does God guide us. I'm sure they're panicking. <laughs> yeah, I think they are they're, probably. They're, can't, they're like, ah, no. We were ready to listen some more. See, you're so amazing, Greg. Yeah, <laughs> well, uh, Crystal, would you mind closing sure. in prayer? <clears throat> and thank you for joining us today, listeners. Lord, we thank you that we can approach you with confidence. Um, just because of the fact that we are have been adopted into your family and that through Jesus's blood, through his death, through his resurrection, you we are now clean before you. And we just thank you for this amazing opportunity that we have to enter your throne room in prayer. Um, we just and put a request before you um, to just lay our days before you. And um, we just thank you for that. So Lord, we just pray that as we continue to read scriptures, as we continue to talk to others, that we would have our minds shaped about how we pray depending on or how you've revealed yourself in the word, the direction that you've given us, um, the the guidelines and uh, just the freedom that you've given us in your scriptures. So Lord, I pray that you just continue to um, just have our minds in line with with your will for us and your, your uh, guidance for us. I pray, Lord, that we would just have more confidence as we approach you, that you love us, that you care for us, uh, that you want us to lay these things before you, that you're a very interested and powerful Father who can make the, the changes in, in our lives and the lives of people around us and circumstances that we can't even do on our own. So, Lord, I pray that you just give us a confidence and a freedom in approaching you um, and just continue to work on us to make us more willing and more um, just desirous of being in your presence. So we pray all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Thank you.